Welcome to the Vocational Education Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Dan. We've spoken a bit about compliance and what it means for training organisations to remain compliant in order to do their jobs and to deliver quality training. But compliance isn't everything. Compliance is one part of what we should be focused on in our business. Uh, In fact, if you take the term focus out of it, we should just manage compliance like we manage every other part of our business. In this discussion today, I speak to Kevin Nurkendal and we talk about what his organization, Audit Express, does to assist organizations to overcome not just the common issues of compliance, but what it means to maybe culturally change to ensure that compliance just becomes another thing that you do rather than a thing that you focus on. Well, without any further ado, though, I'll just hand you over to our interview. I'd like to welcome Kevin Eckendahl to the podcast now. Kevin, tell me about your organisation, Audit Express. Oh, yeah, Dan. Well, we, we look after um, uh, quality assurance and uh, quality uh, consulting for uh, for RTOs, private, um, private RTOs, TAFEs, community colleges. So any, anyone in the vet sector um, that are registered uh, with ASCA or either of the state um, regulators. Okay, so why did you get into auditing, for goodness sake? Uh, well, everyone loves auditors, so <laughs> we, I thought we, I'd we get do. into an industry yeah. that, um, that that people love. No, I, I just, look, I suppose I used to uh, work in the uh, in the vet space for, for a while, uh, and I saw that um, quality was one of those things that was a bit of an enigma for a lot of training providers. Um, so one of the things that I thought I could provide uh, or bring to the sector is, is that commitment to quality, and that's through quality assurance and auditing. So we can um, look at audit as a improvement process, a part of the continuous improvement process of organisations identify where the weaknesses are, identify what the organisation is doing well, make sure you keep doing the, the, good, the good things well uh, and, and improve on the things that you don't do so well. well what's your approach to auditing an RTO? Uh, well, first is understanding the, the, the processes of the RTO, how they tick, how they work, um, uh, getting to know the organisation, um, getting to know their strengths, their values as an organisation. Um, we... we um, we look at all of the standards uh, when we do audit and, and see how they actually implement those in the organisation. So it's not just about your policies, procedures, it's actually what they do and how they do it. So, And that could even just be the language that they use in terms of how they, how they um, aspire to quality or whether they aspire to mediocrity. And when <laughs> I, what I say about um, what I mean that by that is, um, you know, v- very often we have compliance managers or compliance consultants or you know compliance is a is a mediocrity term you know if you only aspire to be compliant you're not aspiring to be the best organization Um, if you're always talking about systems and processes and policies procedures and you aren't talking about the students and the excellence in students then really you're you're, um, not necessarily aspiring to a to be a good quality organization so what we look at is you know how how does the organization interact with their stakeholders with their students with their trainers and assessors um, what's the, what are the values that come through in that organization do the trainers and assessors does the organization have a culture of um, learning and and um, and uh, professional development uh, or are they all about get the students in put them in front of a classroom and then kick them out again when they're ready um, so that, that all comes through in audit in terms of what we look at and how we look at it um, because just the standards are the minimum requirement. It's not necessarily um, the best, but 
it, it's just about that. You know, if you, if, as I said before, if, you, if you're aspiring to just meet compliance, you're aspiring for mediocrity. That's a bit like um, in the vet sector, we talk about just hitting the standards, i.e. The, the units of competency, and saying if you're just hitting them, then it's a minimum. Yeah. But why aren't you trying to go above that? Interesting you mentioned there, you talked quite a bit about values and, and culture. Um, it, go deeper into that. What, why is that such an important part of an organisation's commitment to quality? Well, I suppose because, you know, when, when, and this goes for any business, any business that we, in the Western developed worlds, um, is we're, we're there to provide a service for our customers or our clients. And when you um, are part of a, um, a pluralistic community, uh, it's about making sure that you're providing the best service and um putting your client or your, or your stakeholders at the centre of everything you do. Mm. Um, if it's all about yourself, um, you're not going to put the client first or your, or your stakeholders first. Um, so when we look, look at the values, we say, well, what, what is it that this particular organisation or this particular CEO values in terms of their business? Is mm. it all about them making money, um, burning and churning their staff, burning and churning the students? Um, or do they have a commitment to quality, which is which then comes out in, in terms of their values and processes of, of how they do things? Do they put the student at the centre of everything they do? Um, do they put their staff at the centre of their decision-making for organisational change? Um, and so it's very important to look at those values and say, what, what is this organisation about? Are they the burn and churn? Are they there for the, the quality commitment? Uh, and that goes for all parts of the sector, whether they're private or public or community, um, because we see that not every community organisation is altruistic. Uh, Mm. Not every TAFE and um, public provider has the same sort of values that some uh, for-profit organisations have. So it's it's right throughout the the sector in terms of um, uh, differences in values and that commitment to quality. So... uh Again, I hear, hear that um, delineation there between maybe an RTO that um, is for the burn and churn versus the quality. When you get there as an auditor, though, um, what do you say to those ones who are, you know, they say the first impressions happen in the first few, couple of, uh, first few seconds and you realise that they might be a, a burn and churn one. What's your approach to them? What do you do? You don't back off, obviously. You go, OK, well... Well, well, it depends. If, from an audit point of view, if we're, if we're simply there for a quality assurance uh, measures, um, mm. uh, it, it's about putting in recommendations or, or making the findings to say, well, this is, these, are, these are our findings, whether it's good practice or bad practice. Um, the, these are our recommendations of how you can change this because um, sometimes, and we've seen this in the past, where they, they may have had this mentality of the burn and churn and they've had a paradigm shift through... Um, quality consulting and through internal audit they've had that paradigm shift to say well actually now I recognise why the standards say this and why I have to do it because it is that commitment to the student it's that commitment to industry it's that commitment to the broader community Um, and now I recognise why we need to change our systems and processes so that we do put the students at the centre of our decision making so it does happen you get you know very um not very often that you find people wake up in the morning and say, oh, I want to do the wrong thing. Um, most people, in fact, nearly everyone I've met, <laughs> get, get up in the morning and say, I want to do the right thing. So it's, it might be about capability or capacity. Um, and, and in terms of the values, they're, they're learnt values as well. They're shared values that, that, that can be um, brought into an organisation to, 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 to move that ship 
from the wrong course into the right course. True, but, but everyone... To use, in, to use a, a, a bad analogy. It's <laughs> a good analogy. But I'm thinking everybody in prison thinks they're, they're uh, not guilty as well. So it's a perspective thing as far yeah, as whether they're the doing the right... it's the intent, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, whether they're doing the right thing or not. Um, we heard Mark Patterson talk at the Velg Conference, uh, the, the CEO of uh, ASQA, and he talked about ASQA potentially moving into quality as something that they cover. Um, but it sounds like you already do that. So what's the difference between um, your audit process, do you think, or, or the findings that you might recommend versus maybe the findings of, uh, of the regulator? Yep. Well, it's interesting that, um, you know, I've heard Mark uh, many times, and one of my favourite pastimes is bashing Asqua, um, metaphorically, of course. Um, but I, I think they do a wonderful job in some instances, and there's some great people that work there, definitely. Um, but if Mark uh, doesn't think that the re- quality regulator is about regulating quality, uh, then... I'm gobsmacked. Um, and he said that a few times that, that uh, there's no quality standards. Well, essentially the standards that we've got are the quality standards. You know, if you if you can meet that minimum requirement by rights, you are quality. Uh, and, and even the Braithwaite report came out and said, well, you're not there to hit with a big stick. You need to encourage quality and you've got to um, assist the RTOs or, or the people that they regulate or the organisations they regulate to improve their quality. And, uh, and I have seen, and I, and I will give credit where credit's due, is that... Um, the narrative coming from the Chief Commissioner has changed slightly in the last 12 months. Um, t- uh, today we're, we're sitting here in um, uh, a conference here in Brisbane um, and uh, he, he gave a wonderful speech. Uh, he was very um, humorous and uh, it was a bit of a loving session almost. Mm. Uh, and when we've heard him in the past, he's, uh, all, he's the man with the big stick. Um, so there is a good, a good narrative coming out of Ascot. We are seeing not... I don't, I don't think they're relaxing their regulation, but I certainly think they're maturing as a regulatory organisation. Uh, I think the way they were regulated in the early days and even up until recently um, did leave a lot to be desired in regards to um, uh, their regulatory processes. And just for the listeners, if you, uh, you heard that, um, we are at the conference recording this and we did have a lady with a vacuum cleaner walk past. So... Our apologies for that. No, she's cleaning up the industry. She's yeah. that, was, oh, no. that was the regulator in the oh, background. Oh, no. It's puns galore. Okay. Um, <laughs> train of thought. It was there goes Mark Patterson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well done. Uh, he also said in that, um, uh, in that talk, which I thought was interesting, um, and uh, sorry, just to go back to the whole fact that quality is actually in their title, yes, it is a bit interesting to, to know that the, he sees them as, as a regulator of the minimum benchmark I thought okay interesting um, but he also did say that um, th- their approach has been for the last 12 months and, and going forward as well and it uh, depends when people listen to this podcast as to when uh, this applies to them but uh, their focus has been on student outcomes uh, if you're taking care of a student then really the rest should follow does that follow along with your approach to culture Look, it, it does, and I think it, it, it's very interesting because you, when you when you start to aspire to excellence and quality, compliance works itself out. Yeah. Um, and saying that, there's obviously things that you need to make sure that you're complying with um, you know, in terms of your record keeping and uh, meeting those minimum standards. Because sometimes we might provide a great quality product um, that we might think is a great great quality product that's, that doesn't actually meet the standard. So it's very important to make sure that you're benchmarking against the standard what quality actually means and that's why my criticism with the regulator to say if they're not about quality then I don't know who is Mm. Um, because we've got these minimum standards and then excellence and quality comes above that 
Yeah. Um, and, and that's what we should be aspiring to is going above and beyond or beyond just compliance. So one thing, um, if we could just wrap it up, if you could tell me the one thing that someone does um, or, or an organisation you've seen has done that you say, wow, what a, what a great approach you've taken to X, Y, Z. Yep. Look, I think there's, in terms of um, organisations that aspire for excellence, there's two things they do very well. One is they invest in their staff and the capability of their staff. Um, and it's amazing how many times I go to these centres of learning and training and education that don't have this culture of learning amongst themselves, amongst their trainers and assessors. And organisations that do that very well exceed because they're building the capability of their own organisation. And there's that old adage that says, you know, if I don't, what if I train my staff and they leave? And what if you don't train your staff and they stay? Mm. Um, so <laughs> it's very important to invest in your staff and invest in the capability of your trainers and assessors, your admin staff, they're the people that drive the organisation. And the second is in validation. And I, I was sat in uh, Dan Hill's presentation today. That's me. Um, where, uh, where you went through validation. It's very important to mm. actually um, undertake thorough, meaningful validation of your training products. That's the continuous improvement of your product that you've got, which is your assessment process, uh, and making sure that you're constantly and continuously updating and upgrading your assessment tools and making sure that your staff are aware of why these questions are in there, why they're doing in this sequence, why uh, they need to do this case study or whatever it may be. Mm. And it's part of their own learning and professional development for your trainers and assessors to understand how assessment actually takes place. Yeah, I think, I think validation is underrated as a professional development tool in its own absolutely. right. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Kevin Eckendall, it's been great to have you on the podcast. Um, really look forward to uh, catching you around the traps, especially maybe even getting to our RTO and ordering us one day. <gasps> Yeah, dare we say? No worries, happy to. (laughs) All right, Kevin, thanks Thanks, for your time. All the best. Well, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get all the latest from a myriad of excellent speakers, thought leaders, and just interesting people in the vet sector. Until next time, this has been Dan Hill and the Vocational Education Podcast. Have a great day.